Hey, what's up, everyone? Thank you so much for tuning into the podcast. And thanks to our sponsor, SS96. Visit ss96.net and use the promo code SWISHMASTERS for 30% off on all hats, hoodies, t-shirts, even SWISHMASTERS merch. Also, be sure to check out my latest beat tape, Scary Hour Beast 2, available on all streaming platforms. Thank you so much. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another edition of the Switch Masters podcast. I am your co-host, Zay, the executive producer. I'm your co-host, Q, the guru, Zay. I've got a special guest on the podcast today. Special guest, indeed. I want to welcome to the show, Mr. Kevin Holland, former Southern Miss legend himself in the building. Thank you for joining us, man. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored to be a part of this. <laughs> Yo, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the podcast, man. We really appreciate you. Kevin, Southern Miss legend, man. So can you tell the people about your position, what you did at Southern Miss? Yeah, yeah. I, I can't. By the way, it's our alma mater now. Yes, yeah, <laughs> all of us. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I came to Southern Miss uh, in 2014. Uh, I played from 2014 to 2019. I had one redshirt year. Uh, my my second year, um, long story behind that, but overall it was, you know, we we went from nine win team to a twenty win team. To, I left as top ten in three point shooting. I don't know how long this how long that's gonna last, but the way the game's changing, but that's that's kind of what what I pride myself on right there. Oh, that's awesome, man. Um, I think I saw it. Let me see. Number, yeah, number seven in program history. Nice, man. Um, wow, that's awesome. Yeah. He's down playing it, but I used to see you at the games, man. You got the lefty, lefty uh, sharpshooter out here. <laughs> so, yeah, man. They say, they say all left-handed people are supposed to be a shooter, so you know, I just try to stick with the trend. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, so, man. Uh, Kevin, what was the most challenging part about playing, uh, you know, college ball? I think the most challenging thing was the speed. Like, mm. from, the, from the very beginning, like, I got there the summer before my, my first semester. So, you know, I graduated high school in May. In June, like halfway through June, I was on campus. And it was just like, the, the speed of the game was, everything's happening so fast. And... You know, they were trying to play me a point guard, and I, I never played point guard before. So I was, that was an, an adjustment in itself, and then making reads. So it took me, it, it honestly took me my, my full freshman year and my redshirt year sitting out to really get up to Division One speed. Hmm. So you think that college balls, um, just I guess in style of the style of play tempo is completely different from from high school. Just it doesn't prepare you at all. I mean, it's you're you're prepared. You know, you have, if you have a good good high school coach, you're you're prepared to run different different sets and offense. So it wasn't it wasn't learning the plays. It wasn't learning the defense. It was just adjusting to the athleticism of everybody so like things are just things are just happening faster like mm. like 
in high school, the guy's going to be open for two seconds. College, the guy's going to be open for half a second. Mm. And if you miss him that half a second, now you're sitting there holding your dribble because, you know, <laughs> he's covered now. So you just got to reverse it. But, you know, once you, once you learn, learn the reads and you understand what you're looking for, then, you know, you're always a, a step ahead. Because, I mean, my freshman year, I used to turn the ball over a lot a lot and and I was and I was coming off the bench so it was kind of like it was magnified you know the starting mm-hmm. the starters they can always they can always make mistakes and do things but when you come off the bench and you turn the ball over in the in the three minute stretch that you're in there then you know, all eyes on you and feel bad but uh, I think I was just I was just thinking about the other day um no there was a game against Louisiana Tech that was my very last game uh, of my freshman freshman season. We had like seven or eight players at the time. And I was starting the point guard then, and I think I had five turns in the first half and two in the second half. And you know, just that game, you know, having seven turnovers, and then fast forwarding it's like my last my last year, 2018, 2019 and having like under 20 turnovers for the season. And it was just like, like that's like a huge yeah. change. I'm just understanding the game and still having the, like still having the ball in my hand just as much, um, but just understanding like how the game works because game was moving super fast my freshman year, senior year, it, it looked like it was just in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Just catching up speed, and then it's the same. I feel like it's the same way for for every freshman. It's just it's a process, and you just gotta figure it out and stay stick with it. Absolutely, man. Uh, to hear having seven turnovers in a game, to in your in your senior season having less than twenty four the whole year, that's incredible, bro. Uh, so, man, shout out to you for that, man. That's crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's a. Uh, um, He's always had me take the ball out. So, now I was—I felt like I was a shooter. I felt like mm-hmm. I was a shooter. So, you know, everybody's always told me that your your shooting ability is just on how good you shoot free throws. I felt like I was a good free throw shooter also, but because I didn't turn the ball over, you know, it comes down to the end of the game, and Coach Salah always wanted me to take the ball out. Can you take the ball out? Can you take the ball out? So it's either you know I'm passing in to point guard or the wing. And I'm not getting to shoot it, or I'm calling a timeout because he trusts me with game situations and stuff like that. So, you know, that was, you know, I like the responsibility. I played my role. It was fun. Yeah. I'd do it again. It's <laughs> definitely a big role of like trust to put you in those situations as well. In those key situations, because he trusts your IQ at that point, trusts you as a player to make the right decision. And I want to go back to you as a freshman. Before you, you say you never really played point guard, right? No. And they put you there. So, yeah, that's that's really something that just that challenge in that transition. I know you spoke about it briefly, but your second year was a red shirt year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know if you feel comfortable. Can you tell us about exactly what happened? Was it because of the play from the first year? 
and remind the audience that this was your first year as a point guard. I mean, first time driving a car, I mean, it's crazy. I'm scared of everything coming at me. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. So if you're comfortable, can you tell us what happened in your first year? Yeah, I mean, basically, I was just trash. No, I was just, I was just playing. But uh, we had, we had, I mean, I was, I was pretty bad freshman year. But your position, man, it's, you know, it was, like, it was a new yeah. position. And then there was a lot of stuff going on with the university. And mm. say like suspensions and everything. So, you know, I got a lot of respect for Coach Sadler because he basically inherited a bad situation from the previous coach. Mm. And, you know, I also got a lot of respect for him because at the end of the year, we're going into the next year, we felt like he felt like we were going to self-impose another uh, postseason suspension, and he was like, "Kevin, if you if you want to redshirt, you know, you can you can redshirt if you want to. Like, you don't have to waste another year because that Louisiana Tech game. I mean, I don't know, if, I don't remember the standings. I don't know if we would have been in the conference tournament or not, but we knew, you know, that was the last game of the season. Like, we're not playing for anything. We're not we're not going to conference tournament. We're not trying to win anything. So." We were just playing games at that point, so it was just kind of like reps and game reps against other teams. But uh, you know, it came down to do I want to waste another year and then only have two years to go to the conference tournament and try to win a championship and do stuff like that. And he told me if I sit out, you know, I can get my I can get my master's degree. So there was so many you know positives to it. Yeah. Uh, yeah positives like off the court and on the court because you know off the court everybody's trying to they're trying to get your degree so i was able to because of summer school and everything i was able to graduate in december of my fourth year on campus so that left me with spring summer fall and spring of the next year to do my master's so i got my undergrad and my master's within my playing career basically mm. and then um and then the redshirt year was just, it was it was great for me because um, I don't know how, how, how detailed everybody knows about college basketball, but you got the starters, you got the few guys that come off the bench, and then you got the scout team. Scout team are the guys who don't get in the game. All they do is come to practice and they run the other team's plays. And they try to help the people who are <laughs> who are playing real minutes. So knowing that I was coming to practice every day and being on the scout team and being able to kind of play freely. And also, you know, I'm kind of getting an advantage. Like I'm, I'm running, I know our plays and I know the other team's plays now. So, you know, that gave a chance for all the coaching staff to recognize my IQ, recognize that I can play like different people. You know, sometimes I'd be a point guard who is a scoring guard. Sometimes I'd be a point guard who shoots here and there. Sometimes I'd be a point guard who drives to the rim. So it was, it was almost like I was just imitating people every day. And it showcased all my skills. And, you know, I, I started the last 11 games of my freshman year and then redshirt. And then after redshirt year, came back and started game one as as point guard. So, it, I mean, it worked out for me. And 
from those 11 games, like I, I ended up starting like 103, 104, something like that in a row. So, I mean, it worked out for me. So, yeah, that's 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 a really, really. Thanks for sharing. First of all, that's a really, really unique perspective because unfortunately, whenever anyone hears like a red shirt, it's like a negative, neg- a negative kind of connotation to that. You know, mm-hmm. but in actuality, it was like a really positive one. And I know thinking back now, I do remember that situation. But just look at how it all worked out in your favor. It helped you not only on the court, but off the court as well. You don't hear about too many people finishing like the, all their degrees and, you know, playing. So that's awesome, man. Thanks for sharing. That's awesome. Yeah, I know most people with redshirt year, they like uh, either he's not good enough or he got hurt. So. Yeah, that's I mean, not, that's without knowing the whole context. Again, <laughs> you yeah. are, you know, the first first time, you know, first time playing that position. But mm. now, now that now at this point, you're clearly great. Whatever you do, you know, you have so many skills. You know, you also just talked about the rest of your year allow you to show off your skills, show off everything you can do. So, what what do you prefer now? Do you prefer point guard or do you prefer shooting guard? What do you prefer? I, I prefer shooting guard. I mean, it was, that's like my natural, my my comfort zone. That's what, that's where I want to be. I, I want other people to drive and I want taking it out to me. Like that's just, I feel like spot shooting wise, I can make, I can make 10 in a row and be confident. I can miss five in a row and still be confident in shooting the sixth one. So. No, that's just, it's a, most people consider the point guard position as like the leader, the floor general, but the floor general is really the person who, who's just vocal and you tell the other people just can tell everybody else where they need to be. So, you know, I bounced around because of, we switched so many lineups between my redshirt sophomore year and my, and my redshirt senior year that, you know, I, I played point guard. I play shooting guard, I play the three, I play the four. Like it just, it just all depend on what lineup he wanted to put in, but he trusted me wherever he wanted to put me. That's awesome, man. Uh, you spoke about floor leaders, whether that's just being a point guard or being the, the vocal leader, being a guy that, you know, is first out on the court, call out the plays, call out the defense, whatever. Uh, who do you, or do you have a teammate in mind that you think has had that type of leadership role and had the like who had the biggest impact on you as a player? Um, like a, you said, like a teammate. Yeah, teammate wise. Hmm. I mean, or just like playing against somebody in scrimmages. Like who I guess helped you to elevate as a player as a person. I mean, uh. My freshman year, we had a guy, Matt Bengai. You remember him? Yeah. So he was, you know, when you're when you're a freshman and you got these guys who were NIT team and you know they different things like they got different experiences. So they look, they just look at you a certain way. Like they just look at you like, all right, you know, he gonna come in, he gonna sit on the bench for a little while. But and I struggled. And, but 
we went to our first closed scrimmage. So we also play, we, we play those closed scrimmages just to kind of, uh, just see where teams at like somewhere in October, like mid October, we, we go to the closed scrimmage and, you know, I'm just, I'm, I was the type of guy that you know, I'm getting, I'm the type of point guard, I'm getting the ball moving, I'm gonna take charges, I'm gonna make sure the play gets ran, I'm not gonna break the play off. And I had a really good scrimmage and Matt was like, he's like, bro, you're you, you going to be good, man. You're going to be good. You're going to be good. Just just keep hooping, man. You're going to be good. And it wasn't like it wasn't like I was going out there and scoring a whole bunch of points. But I think that guys, guys like playing with people who pass the ball naturally. So if I'm not shooting, you know, it, it may have been he was happy that I'm playing because I give, it to, I give him the ball. Or he may have been just encouraging me. Whatever, whatever it was, it it helped me out, and it kept it kept me going my freshman year because, you know, seven turnovers is pressing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's all good. I remember playing in high school. Um, our point guard at the time had nine turnover turnovers, and I think the first half, and our coach ripped them like halftime, and it was bad. It was like probably the worst uh, experience, like just not not being directly <laughs> spoken to, but like you was like, oh man. So <laughs> it's definitely good to have that that teammate, that experienced guy that's had, you know, time to make mistakes. And then he sees you out here making the right plays, making the right moves, whether that's scoring or not. Um, like you said, passing the ball is important. I think that's probably one of my favorite parts of the game, so. That's awesome. And I was always, always like from, from Little League to YMCA play to AAU, high school, middle school. I was always the person that they said, like, they need me to score. Mm-hmm. Need me to score. So it was, you know, I would get rebounds. I would, I would keep up with points and rebounds when I was younger. But I think my freshman year of college was the first time was like I'm looking at the end of the game like how many assists I got how many assists I got and it was it was a different kind of you know it was a different kind of satisfaction like taking the ball out on inbounds plays and getting that easy assist and different stuff like that um quick uh quick story before the before the last game against Louisiana Tech we had a senior night against um UTEP at home and it was the biggest um, comeback in Southern Miss history. I think we came back from 24, mm-hmm. and I think I played 39 of the 40 minutes or something like that. <laughs> and but that game, I think I had like seven or eight assists and zero turnovers. Yeah. So after that game, I'm feeling good. I'm like, this you no know, game ain't that hard. It's easy. It's conference play. Like I'm here. Like I've arrived. Next game. Five in the first half, two in the second half, get blown out. And it was just a reminder, like, like, no, Kev, you need to get in the gym this year. Like, you need to get in the gym, work on your ball handling, get comfortable. Like, and as soon as I, I tell everybody that I, I tried to master, like, everything that I did, the my very last game playing, um, playing point guard, well, supposed to be playing point guard was against Tulane. It was right before Christmas. And I think I had 15 points. 
eight assists, five rebounds. It was like it was like the last time that I started at the point guard position, and then I moved to the wing. Mm-hmm. And it was like, you know, I left I left on a good note playing point guard. I always look back on that and say, you know, I was in control of the game. Yeah, exactly what was going on, how to run the offense, not turn the ball over, all that stuff. So definitely some growth. That's awesome, man. <laughs> Definitely a uh, well-balanced attack right there. 15, say 15, 8, and 5. One of my best games. Nice. Oh, yeah. I was looking at uh, – I got the Southern Miss stats up, man. I had to look it up. I, I thought I read something. Yeah, you finished – you also finished with uh, – during your senior year, that's what it was. The top field goal percentage – at 48%, 47.8%. Who was uh, responsible for helping you develop your shot? Uh, I mean, it depends on it depends on what point. I mean, <laughs> I always had, my dad was a Division One basketball coach. So I always had a coach slash trainer like in the house. <laughs> and he was, my dad was a point guard. I got an older brother who was a point guard. They're both taller than me, and I was a shooting guard. And but it was like it was like he taught my brother how to be a point guard, and he taught me how to play off the ball. And now I I still wish that I would have got a chance to play on the same team as my brother, but he's five years older, so we never got that chance. But he worked on my shot all the time and, and told me how important it was to make open shots and. You get paid to, you know, people pay you to make shots. Yeah. You get paid to make shots. So that was that always stuck in my head. And then when I got to college and basically hearing like, I need you to move the ball, like I don't need you shooting the ball, it was different because everybody's always told me, like, hey, you need to shoot the ball, you need to shoot the ball. So I think I made under 10 threes my freshman season. And you know, it, but I had, fall, I had fallen in love with the assist and run the plays and all that. So then by the time I, by the time I moved to the wing, then I was like, okay, now I got to get back to, you know, thinking shooting. Right. And it took me a while to like get it, get it back going and start thinking of it as like my first option. Um, but I used to just take a teammate to the gym and we just make 300 threes every day on the shooting machine. People always ask me like, well, now they ask like kids that I train, so they ask me now like, how did I get so good at shooting threes? Mm-hmm. Well, I take good shots. And then also I worked on shooting every single day. Like I go in there and make 300 threes a night for the game, knowing that I'm only gonna get like two or three. And I and I need to make two or three, <laughs> so gotta make it count. Yeah, you gotta make it count. So, you know that percentage is that percentage is high, but you know I wasn't a you know I didn't shoot shots off the dribble, uh, stuff like that. Like it was most of those like catch and shoot in the corner, lifting up from the corner to the wing. So I knew where I was gonna get my shots at. Also, so that that makes it easier when you know 
where you're gonna get shots at, when you're gonna get shots at, which plays, and you like and everybody on the team understands that, then you're in the rhythm. Yeah. So it's just rhythm threes and then I had one game one game my junior year where I went seven for seven from three. And it was like I think I was eight for eight in the game. I had a put back layup. But the headline was like, you know, one of the greatest shooting performances in Southern Miss history. Yeah. Uh, with a minimum of like seven shots or something like that. Yeah. And, and I was eight for eight. And, and the guy asked me, I forgot what exactly he asked me, but I was just like, you know, I'm, all the shots I took were open. Like I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to make open shots. Like that's, that's what I'm supposed to. I wish I could go seven for seven every night. <laughs> you know, people guard you. People guard you different, and then some nights you just off. So it's, that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, but you have so many different skills. Uh, so when we think about the game, uh, what do you think is the most underrated skill? He's had a free conversation before. What do you think is the most underrated skill in the game? I think it's, I think it's finishing. Because me being 6'1", playing high school basketball, like you get to the rim and I felt like I was more athletic. So I would either just go for a foul or I'm just like playing up on the backboard trying to play above people. So you get to college and you realize that there's people that's more athletic than you. 90% of them <laughs> more athletic and jump higher. And it's like, it's like, like I'm, I'm six one, the point guard uh, for my junior senior season was like five, eight, five, nine, somewhere around there. And he's like in the lane, like finishing and I just, I just don't understand how you do it. Like, I don't understand how you see those little gaps and and using the glass different ways and floaters and stuff like that. So, I mean, pass, I think I, I got a chance to figure out passing. So, you know, there's an art to that. Mm-hmm. But I just never figured out finishing at the rim. So I, avoided, I just shot threes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's I think that's also part of to like how the game has changed and like you know the NBA and everything like first you know it's all about finishing the twos and now it's like everything's at the three how good are you shooting you know so I can see how that could be an underappreciated skill you know so uh, speaking about the NBA uh, so do you agree with the game changing how you think of the NBA? now in terms of how the game is played um i mean it's it's a lot of it's a lot of analytics behind it mm-hmm. i guess i guess if you're looking and like looking at it that way it's in the right direction uh but i mean guys are i, I think shot making ability has increased so yeah. no the game is changing because almost everybody that goes to NBA can shoot. Like a lot of times before, you know, if you're good, whatever you're good at, you're just good. But now you can be a really good college player. And if you don't have a jump shot, you struggle. Like when you go, go to the NBA. So, right. so I mean, if, as long as, as long as guys who 
are capable of making three or shooting the three, I'm fine with however many threes they shoot in the game. I mean, nobody's been shooting like Steph anyway. And the fact that the fact that people try to shoot him like Steph is ridiculous to me. So I, I don't I don't like that part. Like and that that carries down to like younger kids. And I see it a lot because I do basketball training now. Like they see the shots that Steph Curry shoots. So it affects Oh yeah. It affects like youth basketball. Yeah. And it no, it shouldn't at that point. It's good for the NBA. It's entertaining and they and they're entertained, but that's not the starting point of your jump shot. All right. It's watching similar like watching Michael Jordan. I think you want to dunk too. I just couldn't do it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so I learned something else, man. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, that's Steph is definitely like just almost one of the kind of his profession, man. It's crazy. And you do see a lot of players in the league try to emulate that. Top of my head, this example is Trey Young. You know, he has similarities to Steph's game and range. Uh, so, yeah, definitely a good point. Yeah. Um, definitely see a lot of kids trying to be Steph Curry, trying to shoot off the dribble, step back three. Uh, specifically, my little brother, um, I remember he always had switched teams like every year. Um, he, I'm about to put myself out there. I'm like eight years older than him. So I grew up watching like early 2000s basketball. Like they drive to the basket. You see mid-range jumpers. Then right. Steph comes along on the scene. He's shooting off the dribble threes. He's taking double behind the back, step back three. Um, shooting from 90 feet away. My little brother, we got a, we had a court at my mom's house. Like it's, it's like, it's two goals, it's full court, but it's not big enough, the actual full court. So he's shooting from like one corner of the court to the other. And I'm like, man, you are, you are not Steph Curry, <laughs> but it's funny how the game has changed. Um, it's, it's great. Like you said, it's entertainment wise, it's, it's key, but definitely got to like, bring kids back down like all right start at the start with the layups <laughs> and then we'll go that's fundamentals yeah for sure they um i always appreciate when they post like steph curry's workout videos and uh-huh. like steph curry made 99 threes in a row today and was 100 for 101 and i'm just and i see the video and he's just spot shooting and it's just a rhythm and i'm like this is like this is why he shoots these other uh-huh. shots that can do this. And same way with Harden, like everybody wants to shoot Harden step backs. Well, Harden is shooting step backs because he can make 35 threes in a row just standing still. Yeah. Can you make 35 right. in a row standing still? No. So you need to work on that first. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then move on to the next part. So, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, good point. Uh, is there a favorite player that you have or that you like to watch or um is there a player that inspire you i know you talked about your dad you know his coaching was there any uh, other player that you looked up to want to model their game after um uh, i mean number one, my number one favorite is ray allen uh and you know i'm not i i know 
34 Ray Allen, but <laughs> the beginning of my basketball career, which seventh grade, eighth grade was when he was with the Celtics and it's number 20. Mm -hmm. so that's the reason why I wore number 20. Mm -hmm. uh, gotcha. I wore 20 in eighth grade. And then when I played varsity my ninth grade year, the juniors get priority and he picked 20, so I went 22. As soon as I got to Southern Miss, I went right back to 20. And the 20 is, I feel like it's a big number for a point guard. <laughs> so, you know, moving on, moving on later in my career, when I'm back on the wing, like it just, it, it makes more sense. But, um, you know, Ray Allen, he, I just like how he ran off screens, how he got open different things and the quick release how high he jumps on his shot. Cause I think a lot of people, mm. I think a lot of people now shoot with more of their arms, which yeah. which does increase your range. But, um, but I felt like jumping over people like, like Michael Jordan and Kobe, they would jump over you in the mid range and shoot that shot. And Ray Allen would jump super high and shoot his three. Uh, and I use a lot of legs on my shot. So he's kind of who I want to mold like my game around. When he went to when he went to Miami, I couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't you know, I was, I was pulling for him, but I wasn't a Miami fan. Like I was still kind of a Celtics fan then. But um, but once he retired, then I kind of moved to uh, Damian Lillard, and it was just yeah. it was just a. I mean, he's point guard. But it was like a new, exciting, like guy in the league, yeah. uh, all the way from, you know, when he hit the when he hit the game winner against Houston. I think I was a I think I was a senior. I think I was a senior in high school when he hit that shot, and I was like, no, I like this guy. Yeah. And then seeing what he's doing like now, like dropping fifties and sixties and stuff like that. So it's just like, and I feel like he plays the right way. Like he he does shoot those deep threes and different stuff like that, but I don't think he's shooting like ridiculous, like unrealistic, like Seth Curry shots. Like he's either he's either coming off ball screen and just shooting it in rhythm just from deep, or or he's just um was just catch and shoot. I mean, the, most of his shots are legit open, while Steph makes unbelievable shots, and you can't you can't make your game that way like it's hard to it's hard to imitate that because if you miss it you don't have steph curry leash like you come out of the game <laughs> that's it you go to yeah. that you pull up from half court you miss yeah you ain't playing for the rest of the game if it was if it was my coach <laughs> back in the day right and paul george will agree with you too you know that's a bad <laughs> shot you know but you know as we know <laughs> It's a good shot for some of these players now. They can actually do it. So yeah, I mean, seeing them, the seeing them practice it, right. it, it makes sense. I mean, I never would have thought that people would be practicing shooting threes from the logo, like as their their workout regimen. Like I used to always try to toe the line, and I still tell kids that I'm trying to like. Like get your toe as close to this line as possible because that's the easiest three that you can take. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I used to be in the corner. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> All right. That's it. Um, 
Yeah, thank y'all for giving up Ray Allen because I am a Heat fan. Uh, <laughs> I'm a way era Heat fan. So 03 to currently, uh, when Ray Allen came to Heat, I was I was pumped. I was like, oh yeah, we repeating. Here we go. But uh, definitely definitely have a lot of respect for Ray Allen. Uh, I, I've always liked Ray Allen. All right, we had one of our one of my friends on here, Jay. He uh, his favorite player is Ray Allen. So mm-hmm. I always have like followed him ever since uh, he's got game. Which, uh, he was Jesus Shuttlesworth. So right. yeah, mad respect for Ray Allen. Um, I think he does have like one of the prettiest jump shots in the in in the, the game of basketball period. Because like you said, he he shoots off of a high jump. Like you don't see that a lot now. Everybody's just straight up form from the arms, but Ray. Coming off the screens, just jumping over you, and it was always perfect for him. Always super elevated, feet were straight. So, mad respect. Yeah. Dame too. Um, since DA retired, I always have kept up with Dame. Um, just, just the way he plays the game is is awesome to see. Yeah, I love his attitude as well. Dame brings a certain attitude and mindset to the game as well. It was yeah. really, really good. Uh, so yeah. yeah, speaking of Dame, like. What do you what do you think of his situation? He's with the Trailblazers, right? Not really doing anywhere. You know, the West is super stacked. Uh, you know, there are some rumors in the offseason, like, oh, Dane needs to get traded. He shut the rumors down, but it's starting to come up again. Your stuff about the Knicks or the Sixers. And so what do you think about Dane? Should he go somewhere, you know, try to give try to get a title, or what do you think? Um I mean, he's gonna. One, I, I don't, I don't think he's gonna win in Portland. But yeah. also, I also don't know how much he really, he really cares. Um, I mean, he's. I think he just wants to be a leader. He wants to just work hard yeah. and, and fight through. I mean, he was real, real close um, when they went to the Western Conference Finals, right? And but I think he had a, hurt his finger or something. Yeah. There was something that he was dealing with and, and it just didn't, you know, it didn't happen. But I felt like, I felt like those years he, he was really pulling the, like pulling the trailblazers along. And I still, and I still don't feel like they have all the right pieces because the, it's like the, I feel like that post position, that four is like, like Nurkis is good, but he's not like dominant. So, you know, you all, I think you need a, I think you need a, a dominant guard and you need a dominant big. Now I'm not saying that they should get rid of CJ, but we just need a better, we just need a better big to, to complete the, yeah. the system. <laughs> Let me ask you this real quick. Are you more of a Damian Lillard fan or are you uh are you split? Let's get straight. Are you still a Celtics fan or are you like Trailblazers? What 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 uh what's your favorite team here before I ask my next question? Uh I'm a, I'm a Trailblazers fan now. Oh shoot. Okay, well let me ask you this then. As uh this this gonna test your loyalty or fate to one or the other. As a Damian Litter fan, as and as a Trailblazers fan, what do you want more for Dame? You want him to but try to get chipped somewhere else. Like you said, you probably ain't got a chance in Portland. But do you want to be loyal to the team and 
What do you, what do you want as a fan? I mean, me and me and Dame are like a package deal. So if got like, you. So there we go. There we go. Got you. Dame, <laughs> don't go somewhere. <laughs> Fans want it. <laughs> don't go somewhere. <laughs> Get a chance. I, I don't know. I don't see him leaving. Uh, Dame has a song, "Loyal to the Soil." Yeah, he's the type of dude. He's he's he wants to be in in Portland with the team that he got drafted from, and I respect it. But we all know it's it's probably <laughs> very unlikely that he wins a chip in Portland anytime soon. Right. But they did they did fire their president recently. Right. So um, I've been seeing like a lot of trades proposals and stuff i'm like I, I don't know if that happens but um it'll be interesting since they did make a move and right. they want to win so it's possible good point and i go back to when they used to have you know aldridge you know and dame wasn't dame now but you know just imagine dame now you had even a player who was like similar to because archers was dominating back then you know he was i agree with you that for me they are they were always missing like that wing piece and that center um i don't know that's tough i don't know what they can do try to trade cj trying to get a really really good piece back but i don't i don't foresee anyone giving up i think i think the really like just talking about pieces i think the i think the best teams their superstar or or a co-star affects the game on both sides, mm. so it's like, like, Le, like, take LeBron. LeBron is, mm, no, out of his prime. But in his prime, I mean, he could guard anybody, right. and in a battle, and he and he go down and score. He he affects the game on both sides. Kawhi affects the game on both sides. Um, but then you got. Like, like Dame, he's not gonna ever be on a all defensive team. And then, and I, and I think you need to be a certain size too. So it's like him and, like him and CJ are the superstars, but they're trying to go get, you know, somebody else who's like a three and D guy. Mm-hmm. And you know, he's playing defense, but I mean, he's That's not. That's saying. He's not really. Right. Right. <laughs> Yeah, he's he's six two playing against Steph and a lot of tall guards really in pick and roll switches. So it's kinda like he can't really contribute to that side of the game. But I don't know. I, I like him and CJ together, but I guess I wouldn't like as a as a GM, I wouldn't be opposed to hearing like, okay, how can I move CJ or, or some pieces to at least, at least get a big man that's like a defensive anchor, like because Nurkic, I, I don't think he's like by any means a scrub or anything, but I think he, I don't think he has the consistency to like go up against the best bigs or best drivers in the game every night. So nah, no Joker took his spot. Remember? Yeah, be true. <laughs> I mean, just saying, that's just it's tough, man. That was that playoff series was bad. Like I felt so bad for Dame driving like 50, 60. Right. And I I don't think they got a game, man. That's that's tough. <laughs> it is bad. It's I don't know. Well, well, 
least hopefully whatever happens with Dame, hopefully he has continues to have success, you know. Still. But I got you now, you follow Dame. All right, so who's the you know we never asked all our guests this. Here we go. <laughs> no no judgments here. This is a very open show. So who's the GOAT? Michael. Dang, that was quick. Respect. <laughs> Hold on, I'm gonna be, be some of the naysayers. Why not LeBron? LeBron is playing so, so, so. He, he's gonna be number one all time points. He can assist. Jordan didn't pass like that. He, LeBron can defend all positions. And what's another argument a lot of people say? Am I missing one of them? Um, I mean, LeBron is number two. He, he is he's number two on my list. And it's not, and it's not like he's. I mean, it's not like he's he's far. Like it's not like Michael Jordan and then LeBron and everybody else. Like they're they're right they're right here. I just feel like it's a LeBron more goes into the category of dominance. So like like Shaq, <laughs> if, if Shaq took the game serious, he he'd be dominant and he'd be top scores you know all this he'd be all this stuff got all the rings everything but lebron is just he's just dominant like but best if we're talking about like best basketball player like honestly like kobe's kobe's skill is better than lebron's and then you know jordan is kobe's mentor yeah so like Jordan, he just, he did every, the reason why I say Jordan is a GOAT is because he did everything fundamental. Like, very, very fundamental. And nobody could stop it. Pump fake, one jewel, pull up. Kill him. Face up, pull up. Like, his fadeaway wasn't as serious as Kobe's fadeaway. Like, Jordan had a fadeaway, but he wasn't like three pump fakes leaning out of bounds, shoot over the backboard, Kobe fade away. Like, <laughs> like it was, it, it looked so, and I watched, like, I go back and I get on YouTube and I just watch games and it's just like, it's easy. And he's, and he doesn't have a ball in his hand as much as LeBron has the ball. LeBron brings the ball up the court. If he's trying to score, he's trying to score. If he's not, he's standing up there half at the logo dribbling directing people so yeah he's gonna be he, he's gonna be topping assists he's gonna be topping scoring but jordan was passing cut down here and the ball would just find the ball would find him and then it was just like all right this dude on this island this guy's about to start counting down from 40. <laughs> and then he did it and then he lebron has played like he's played so many more games, yeah. Than Jordan, like yeah, he's gonna be like who's 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 number one like all time? It's Kareem, right? Yeah, Steph Kareem. Yeah, yeah, and, and Kareem played for like thirty five years. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, the people who the people who played the longest are gonna have the most points. Like LeBron, I hope I hope he he gets all time just so people can keep discussing it. Yeah. I hope the all <laughs> for 
but like Jordan, he he didn't go to the playoffs like for several years. LeBron was always kind of like getting to the Eastern Conference Finals, like always kind of getting there and trying to get over the hump. Jordan for a long time wasn't even making the playoffs. Like he was just doing numbers, and then and then the I'm gonna say seven. Well, he's had he had more playoffs runs than that, but I think he had like nine legit ones. I think he probably lost to the Pistons a few mm-hmm. times, and then um, and then he had the one where he came back after baseball. I mean that that one really doesn't count. But, <laughs> uh, and then he had six six finals appearances, six championships, like. LeBron plays so many more games than Jordan. Yeah. That, like, yeah, yeah he's, gonna, he's gonna have more points. Like Jordan just got it done such a small amount, small amount of time. Yeah. Like it's undeniable. Um, that's a solid argument. Um is. we've asked like pretty much everyone who we had on, Michael Jordan and LeBron. And it's so funny that it's those two instead of like Michael Jordan and Kobe, because like you right. said. Kobe was mentored by Jordan. If you look at like any video of them side by side, the fadeaway on some places, it looks identical. A lot of the driving, the layups, everything. And I think that what makes it, um, what makes Jordan so special is like you said, just the amount of time he put in and still had the numbers that he has, still has the winning percentage that he has. LeBron is great, and I think that he'll obviously go down probably number two at least of all time eventually. But I, I just think, like we, like you said, you watch any old game, you watch that triangle offense, him going down to the block, coming back up, posting up, or just going off a pump fake, and everybody fell for it. He just same pump fake, <laughs> go to the rim, dunk on you, or pull up over you. It was just crazy to see and how efficient he was. I think, I think MJ has like the the scoring record for a season, like thirty five per game one year. And now he averages like thirty for his career, like ridiculously crazy efficient. Just get just getting work done. Like I think the flashiest thing he he does. I mean, besides the, I guess we we make the dunks flashy and stuff like that. But I think. The most showboat, like showboat and flashy thing he does is just palming the ball, like video of him like moving the ball yeah. and the ball, like, <laughs> or and like and like we everybody and I, I know it's, are you uh, LeBron or are you guys LeBron or um or MJ? Uh, uh, me, <laughs> I, you got MJ right. I got MJ. <laughs> All right, listen, real quick. <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Listen, I got a question though. I'm, I'm just, I'm the, I'm just playing the role of the other person. All right. Okay. So listen, what, what does LeBron have to do to even to be number one European, Kevin? Then I'm gonna pass to Zay. Same <laughs> question to you. What is just, there anything LeBron can do? I just think it, at this point, there's nothing he can do. But not even he wins like more chips or anything. Because, because right now he's not even playing full seasons anymore. Like, like he was eight seed last year, 
and we all was like just waiting to see him pull off like oh they're going to the finals they're going to the finals like if Mikael Bridges think he's gonna lock up LeBron they're crazy AD gets hurt and it's like LeBron's just oh, I'm not gonna waste my body trying to put <laughs> these guys to the finals like <laughs> so so he's not he, there's really nothing there's really nothing he can do because yes yes he's gonna be the reason why they win a championship but but he's taking so much time off like he's kind of like kind of like how people treat Kawhi now they're just like at one point they were talking about he was the best player in the NBA and then now no oh, this dude ain't playing enough games that load management all this stuff like <laughs> it's, it's the same thing like LeBron had to do something a lot earlier in his career to start getting closer, I guess to 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 pass MJ. That he never lost anything. Will he be up there in your opinion? Yes. Okay, because to be fair, he should not have gone to the finals with the Cavaliers. I mean, honestly, you know, I mean, I, I don't I, count that one against him. We I don't count really, Miami. Yeah, I count that one. We don't. We don't really count. Like that's. A great accomplishment. Um, it is, but I feel like that's being held against him so much, though. Even though that's like, because it's a loss, you know. He I, lost so that, but we don't put an asterisk by it, you know. I, I never held that against him. It's just the fact that he got three rings in eight years. That's the point. Like, you like you went eight years in a row. <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, your team and your team was. D Wade and Chris Bosch, like, right. like at least three P. He would, he would, he would, yeah. he would be a lot, he would be in a lot better conversation if they won three, and then lost that last one, and then he went back to Cleveland, right? And then he won. Mean, yeah, you're right. He set that up himself. He's like not four, not five, not six. He set that up himself. So only got what two? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's bad. <laughs> yeah, he was two and two with. One of the greatest teams in NBA history. Yeah, like like Kobe, Kobe and Shaq, three peated, and then they lost, and they split up, <laughs> and split up. So it's like that's fair. Like he could at least give us three. No, no, he's not going to give us two or three in Cleveland. Mm-hmm. Maybe, but if he did that, they would have been talking about. Kyrie's the goat in August. So, you know, I'm not trying to hit that. <laughs> Kyrie made one shot and I had a couple 40 balls. Oh, so was LeBron. So LeBron. LeBron controlled the game. That's LeBron's championship. Right. And it was, and it was the block that led to that. So, you know, gotta always include that. So, Zay, is there anything LeBron can do in your opinion? I think those consecutive finals, his, his finals percentage is just too bad. It's, it's, it would take him at this point in time 10 more years to get <laughs> even. So it's kind of like, especially now, it's kind of hard to see LeBron winning. It's hard to see him winning a chip like in the next year or two if he if he's still playing. Um, I mean, otherwise, he his statistic wise, he'll be remembered as like one of the goats because across the board, I, I was looking at the three point list the other day. I'm, I didn't know he was like top 10 in that. So I'm like, he has, I think he'll have the respect of the people, but it's, there's nothing really 
substantial that he can do that'll swing over Jordan's accomplishments. Let's let's circle back to earlier conversation. I, I have to say it. LeBron should not be shooting logo threes. <laughs> <laughs> LeBron um, James should not be coming down shooting a logo three at any point. I mean, that's what other people is doing it. And not only is it affecting kids, it's affecting LeBron. <laughs> that's true. I mean, I don't think I don't think Jordan would ever shoot a logo three. He barely shot threes. <laughs> yeah. He barely shot threes. And he's with number three all the time. Well, when no, it's because right now it's, it's Kareem. Where's Malone at? I think he's on two. One third. He's on Malone's on the list too. So Jordan is like, I'll just say five or six, just off the top of my head. Like he's five or six. Kobe passed him, LeBron passed Kobe, and that's that's a couple other guys. Jordan didn't shoot threes. Yeah. He played a whole bunch of less games. And he didn't shoot a lot of threes. And he's way up there. In the in the scoring uh <laughs> scoring category. Mid-range and layups. Yeah, that's true. I mean mm. I, LeBron shooting logo threes. We know he's strong enough to do it, but it's like, do you need it? That's that the, the first thing. option. Yeah, it should not be the first option. I, I remember like early in his Cleveland days, I remember him when they, especially with the Cavalier logo, he would pull up right. from the C. Yeah, like, that don't count. That, that logo is so big, man. <laughs> it's basically right outside the three, man. I saw that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because I saw that clip too. Some of LeBron was doing logo threes before stuff or whatever. I'm like, that logo is so big. Yeah. I hear what you're saying, though, but nah, that should not be his first option. Yeah. MJ is number five, Kobe four, LeBron three, Malone two, and Kareem at one. So. Yeah, I, I remember uh, which finals was it? Like he was going against uh, Drexler, and he made like he made like his record for threes. But other than that, I don't remember him shooting like any other clips. You don't see him shooting a lot of threes, if any. Because <laughs> oh. it just it was too easy. It was so like the reason why the reason why Steph Curry shoots logo threes is because they they're pressuring him. So right. just, like as the pressure comes, he backs up. Who's pressuring LeBron in the shooting logo threes? Yeah. <laughs> if anything, they back up because I don't want him to get to the basket. So, exactly. He, he was like he was literally <clears throat> shooting it just because. Dame, they, Dame, they doubled him before he crossed half court. Like so, it makes sense. He. If you're if you're not open at the three point line, take a step back. If you're not open there, take a step back and practice. The Barons open at the three point line. Just stay up there, man. <laughs> Shoot the little side, the little step back, side step. You know, look at the ball. <laughs> I, I that move has been very interesting. Like I, I don't know why he. I feel like that's the easiest thing for people to like catch on because either. He's gonna step back and he's gonna hesitate, or he's just gonna shoot it. It's like, what? Else? That move is interesting to me. 
But I mean, yeah, I, I think I think LeBron is is great. Um, he can he can shoot it, but he like he doesn't need to do the unnecessary with with half court and, and pool. <laughs> so, but uh, I wonder. Uh, Definitely king though. He's he's the king. King do whatever you want to do. I guess. Yeah, I mean, he got he's got the respect of the people for sure. Like my respect. I, I remember growing up, everybody used to say like, especially me being a DOA fan, I was like, all right, DOA is the best player in the league, hands down. I want to hear it. But I I knew LeBron was like, okay, this dude can literally fly if he wanted to. But I I I had to give give LeBron that respect after I grew up. <laughs> so. I think there was a lot of resistance to LeBron earlier, especially with that move to Miami. There was like a lot of resistance. I mean, yeah. yeah. To be to be honest, when I I remember like the special, like the you know the whole ESPN him doing the interview. I was like, I think he's gonna go to Miami. I, I know him and D-Way were friends, but I was like, I don't know how I feel about this. I don't know if uh, I don't know if this is gonna work out. <laughs> and I was like, when he got when he they announced in there, they came out and. They were all on stage. The big threes here and everything. Not six, not seven. I was like, ah, uh, okay. Let's see how this goes. That first year, I was kind of like, especially when they started losing, I was like, man, I don't know. I don't know if it's going to work. But then they turned around and got to the finals that year, lost, but came back and won. So I was like, all right, cool. So I got, I gained his respect. <laughs> well, he gained my respect, my bad. That's <laughs> it. And so, um, Speaking of LeBron still, so Devin, what do you think of the Lakers? You know, they got all these future okay. Hall of Famers. I mean, you say that. <laughs> yeah, that's true, though. You got yeah. Russell Westbrook. You got Camelo Anthony. You got Dwight Howard. Rajon Rondo. You got all these literally future Hall of Famers, in my opinion, uh, on this, on one team. What do you think about the Lakers? Um. I said from the beginning that that Westbrook isn't a good fit. And I wouldn't even I mean Dwight is Dwight. I mean, you can either get Dwight or you can get somebody else and pay them a little bit of money and just rebound and whatever. It's just it's just a name. I don't think he's necessarily a scrub. I don't think Rondo's necessarily a scrub. I don't think I wouldn't even put I wouldn't even put Melo in the category with Rondo and Dwight. Like Melo is, I was mad when Melo left Portland. Like needed him, but yeah, I just don't I just don't think the Lakers are who who's on the team right now is going to win a championship or capable of winning a championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean Russ is. Like Russ didn't, he didn't leave his prime. He just went, he just went to Houston and just kind of couldn't figure out with Harden. And then he was back getting triple doubles in with the Wizards. So like he, like Russ is still Russ. It's just that the play style, like LeBron's not running with Russ, with Westbrook. Like he needs, needs people to run with him and to get those assists and, and different things and then he can't be a spot up shooter so yeah 
it definitely have to figure that dynamic out. I think recently Russ has been playing better. He's cut the turnovers down. You know, at first it was like so many turnovers per game, but now it's cut down. Uh, he's, I think he's more efficient now, but he's, he still has to figure out that dynamic. Because you got literally two playmakers on the floor. But then you have Vogel playing him and Rondo at the same time. That should never happen. Uh, it's, they they got a lot to figure out. I still I still think they can compete potentially. It just depends on AD. That's the other thing. AD Afton Davis hasn't been playing to expectations at all. I, I was hoping he'd be like an MVP candidate this year. That's clearly not gonna happen. That's not happening. Yeah, AD is definitely. I think the biggest. I think. I think everybody kind of guessed it. Russell wouldn't be a good fit. But AD right now is just letting it right down. And then LeBron's not playing. Yeah. So. AD is, um, AD has always been the key ever since he got to LA because even when they won in 2020, it was AD that did the scoring, that played defense and, and got rebounds, blocks, put them over the top. And this year, I don't know if it's because of injury or just a lack of the right fit, but uh, I felt like going into this season, I'm like, all right, the Lakers got Westbrook, they got AD, they got LeBron. All right, I feel like they can make it work. I feel like a pick and roll with Westbrook and AD should be monstrous, but we, I have yet to to see it. And it's just been like, dang. I, I'm like, everybody was thinking like, all right, Brooklyn versus LA. And now it's like, nope. <laughs> yeah, not a team. It's crazy. And this too, I feel like they got just one too many. I don't, I don't think they needed to get Jordan. They didn't need to get DeAndre Jordan. You know, I can see you can get the white from maybe with just matchup sizes in the future, like maybe with the books or something, just the match size or something. But like AD really needs to be at the five, in my opinion. And then just house shooters and have LeBron and Russ working. I, it's, I don't know, man. Ja- JaVale McGee was on the championship team, right? Yeah, he was. He has him around. So, like, like how do you? I don't understand how you lose certain certain dudes. Yeah. Like you, like you lose him, and you get DeAndre Jordan, who ain't won nothing. Like, uh, now think about it. Javale McGee has two chips, huh? With the Warriors and the Lakers. Sure, he does. <laughs> and like it's. Is he is JaVale McGee asking for that much money? No. <laughs> no. I don't know what or, happened. Or is it that or or is it that the Lakers don't have any money because of LeBron, AD, and Westbrook? And then everybody else is on these minimums. <laughs> right. That's true. Oh. Yeah, you know LeBron's getting like his hundred million for however many years. AD's probably yeah, he just re-signed, right? And then I don't know Russell's contract, but I'm sure it's huge. So yeah, about forty mil. Oh. I mean, they—I don't think Javale will be making the, the minimum. So he's making more than Dwight. And I bet they—they they wish they had space, like cap space for Javale. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if they could retain. Damn, I don't know why his name slipped in my mind. Caruso? There we go. Yeah. 
that's my guy right there. Yeah, the Caruso, the Caruso, yep. And they should have kept him because he was so involved with the offense and he was such a really, really good player. He's doing well with the Bulls too, you know. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, they really should have kept him. Man, he's been huge uh, for Chicago. I I think he left the game last night with a hamstring injury, but I hope he, he's good to go. That dude is a dog defensively. He, if you watch any, like, Chicago highlights from this year, you see him getting blocks. He's getting deflections. He's running the floor. And he just shares the ball. Like, right. the, the Lakers need more guys like that to give LeBron and them some breathing room, I guess. Like, no one else is – it's so many, like you said, so many stars. Uh, somebody says, like, a 2015 All-Star team. <laughs> I was like, kind of is. And now you have – Many guys that are like, you know, I'm this player, I'm getting this shot. No one's like really sacrificing or playing in the role that they need to be in. Like they're role players now, a lot of them. But that's that's not how they see it, I guess. Yeah, and granted they're not fully healthy yet, but I don't know, still the same thing. You know, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. And the, and the Nets are also uh, not doing as well as we really thought they would be. I mean, granted, Kyrie is not really playing right now. Yeah, so, yeah. But you got any thoughts on the Knicks, Kevin? I don't. I don't think. Um, like, I don't think Kyrie's last few years have been good enough for them to put up with what they're putting up with right now with him. Same thing with Ben Simmons. Like I. I honestly think these NBA situations are like kind of kind of stupid at the same. Like just being blunt, like like Kyrie hasn't done anything since his side step three over stuff. Not really? Um, nothing. <laughs> we think 2017 Celtics they got right. bounced. Then uh, he got hurt. Then he didn't. Then he went to Brooklyn. Then he got hurt. Then he sat out again. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm like, <clears throat> I like Kyrie a lot. He just needs to play. <laughs> right. Me too, but like, like, come on. I mean, that's, I guess that's a whole different conversation about being vaccinated or not. Like, yeah, but but speaking of Ben Simmons, like like come on, like we can get anybody to come out here and pass the ball. Boy, do something. So yeah, <laughs> Kevin. Again, thanks so much for being on the podcast. We want to wrap up and ask you some a few questions real quick. It'll be about the league and whatever. Uh, we like to ask you. So, first question for me: uh, What team, what team do you think is the best in the league right now? Right now, I think it's the Warriors, and I think, and I think they don't even have all their pieces yet. Very yep. sure they just snapped the Suns' winning streak. They kind of proved that, you know, hey. <laughs> so yeah, it's, the Warriors have been very impressive, and you're right; they don't even have all their pieces yet. Clay needs to come back. Wiseman, they is it is this fair, y'all? Is this fair? 
<laughs> Are we about to get another dynasty out these folks again? Is this fair? As, it, I mean, it, it's fair. It's fair because Jordan Poole just basically just worked on his game. Because they, you bring Andrew Wiggins to kind of be that guy. And you, who they, they had somebody else to. Um, Talk before him? Yeah, they had Kelly Oubre, right? Yeah, they did. Yeah, they did. like they were. They was always trying to find that replacement, like for right that wing. Yeah, uh-huh. and those guys just they just weren't good enough shooters. And now here comes Jordan Poole out of nowhere, and then he's gonna go to the bench when Clay comes back. But him coming off the bench and like and being comfortable, knowing that like I, I'm getting I'm getting these shots. It's just uh. Absolutely. Yeah. Too threat, in my opinion. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Hmm. I'm gonna circle back to college days. Who? Uh, I think I asked this before. Uh, who is the best player that you had to match up with, or that you've matched up against, playing wise? Um. I've played against some some guys too. I think I think the best player who just came out and you and you knew he was the real deal, but you felt it mm-hmm. was Damian Lee. And we played him when he was at Drexel before he went to Louisville. And the scout report was, guys, he's a pro. He's a pro. And when he came out and it looked like the easiest 25 I've ever seen in my life. And it's like, and you're at Drexel, like Drexel's, it's not like you're playing this Louisville. You're not like you're playing Louisville and you're just like, okay, all these guys are good. This is one guy that is carrying this program. And he was just having his way. And it's, it's, that's interesting just because of like, it's all about people's skill sets and what they're what they're good at and everything because and I don't I don't think I was actually matched up with Damian Lee, but I feel like he was scoring on all of us. But I was actually matched up with Duncan Robinson. And I mean he's just a spot shooter. Like he's it's not hard to go you just gotta be aware of where he's at. Yeah. But like he gets the ball if he's if he's not shooting a jump shot. He's a guard. Like he's, he's not gonna do anything. Yeah. And and then see him like for the Heat, and he's playing this big role, and he's running around and shooting threes. It's just like, like I guarded him. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not that hard. You just pay attention. To him. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, that was. I think that's <laughs> tough right there. Okay. Man, it's funny. I know exactly what you're talking about with Duncan. Uh, if you watch, like, I'm a Heat fan, so I'm always watching him and Tyler, two different people, like, completely. Tyler likes to handle the ball, pull up. Duncan, he's not dribbling. He wants to shoot. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and it's like, all right, I need you to, sometimes I need to put the ball on the floor. And he's, like, going to take a dribble. He's going to pass it back. And he's going to run around. He's going to take either an open three or he's going to take a tough three and just hit it. And it's like, I, I, that's 
that's cool. I, I'm glad that you make them, but at the same time, I'm like, all right, I need you to at least be able to take a dribble, a couple dribbles inside and make a play because it's like, dang, you are kind of easy to guard. Hopefully, no other teams are watching this and decide to like tone it, tune in on it. But yeah, it, it's it's just it's crazy, like the just how the NBA works because like some of the guys that are the hardest people to guard don't make it to the NBA. Like Giddy, like Giddy Potts, and he was he was from Alabama, same 2014 class as me. He went to Middle Tennessee. But it was it was hard to guard him. And he was a little bit shorter than me, but he was a three-point shooter. And but it's just like if he gets going, it's gonna be a long night. And then you go play against somebody who's like you think back to somebody you played against who is in the NBA and is on the big spotlight. And it was like they weren't that good, in my opinion. But you know, the NBA sees something because we we played against Dwayne Bacon and Mm. Played against Terrence Mann at Florida State at the same time, and it's just like, like I don't remember Dwayne Bacon doing anything spectacular. Terrence Mann had a chance to dunk on our post player, which would have been the the, the poster for the ages, and <laughs> he just laid it up. And I was on the bench; I was kind of upset that he didn't dunk it. Like, like go ahead and finish it off, man. <laughs> and, then, and then now it's like seeing him had that big game. In the NBA and in the playoffs, and just like, yeah. And then there's then there's other dudes who there's other dudes who who just get drafted. Like there were some guys that got drafted um, this past season. There's one guy from West Kentucky who he was like a six eight point guard, but he didn't get that many minutes. And then he transferred to Nebraska, and. Then he got drafted, and I look at the stats, and it was like he averaged two two points at West Kentucky. He averaged eight points at Nebraska, but he was drafted second round to the to Toronto. And I'm just like, like it's just it's just interesting. Like people people see uh, potential in in different guys. Yeah, that's crazy. And it's is. Professional, I think professional basketball is just interesting because, uh, like Cortez, you guys need to get Cortez on the show. Yeah. Um, but Cortez, he 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 said he always knew he was going to play basketball, and I was like, "Well, how do you know that?" And he said, "Well, you know, I hoop with overseas guys when they come back home, and I just never thought they was that good." Okay. <laughs> Like, makes sense. Like, <laughs> I didn't grow up playing around overseas guys. I grew up playing with my brother. My brother didn't play professional. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, nah. you it's just whatever. It's, it's kind of like just whatever you pursue, honestly. And then somebody just has to see some potential in you and you can get it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's crazy. You never know um, who's watching. So. <laughs> Just always, you know, bring your A game. Like, I know Cortez is in UK right now, right? I believe so. Yeah. I, it's hard for me to keep up with like the leagues and everything. I, yeah. I, I get so confused. I don't know what's going on. So, same. <laughs> but yeah, that's crazy. Um, wow. 
just playing against playing against Terrence Mann, and then <laughs> he dropped he dropped like forty <laughs> in the playoffs. <laughs> just so random, <laughs> randomly, and you know I could I could sit here and say, you know I can make that corner three way more times, right? <laughs> But I'm also not six, 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 seven. Like, <laughs> right. I'm, a, I'm, I'm a six one shooting guard. Yeah. And Westbrook is six three, and I'm gonna be guarding the wing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just whatever. <laughs> wow. Dang. Cool, man. <laughs> Q, you got anything? <laughs> yeah, that's crazy, man. Real crazy. Uh, so, yeah, one last question for me. Uh, early, I know it's still early, but early finals prediction. Who you think is going? Who you think will win? If the Warriors stay healthy, the Warriors. I mean, I, I honestly don't think that, I don't think the Bucks were better than the Nets last year. I think they just got lucky. Uh, so, and I don't think the Warriors, I don't think Nets are better than the Warriors. Okay, so you think it's uh, Warriors, Nets, Warriors win? And the Suns aren't as good as the Bucks. What? <laughs> mm. hey, wait, is it a sweep? Not a sweep, but, but it's... It's like a real dominant performance. It's a dominant, it's a dominant performance. I, I like, I would like to see... You know, KD back in the finals though, you know, doing it, doing his thing. If even if it's just him and Harden, like, I mean, it was really just him last year. It almost went to the finals. Uh, almost Man. one false, one false step. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one toe. <laughs> just one. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Um, I'm always, I'm always going for my heat. Um, I'm praying for Bam to come back from surgery soon. Jimmy come back healthy. Um, but I wouldn't be mad to see a KD. <laughs> I wouldn't be mad to see KD and Harden, especially now since Harden is starting to get back healthy. He looks like he's returning to form. So it'll be interesting. Uh, Warriors for sure. I, I don't see anybody. Maybe the Suns if they. Yeah, it's kind of tough. But. Either, either of those, because I like CP too. Um, we'll see. If the, if the if the Warriors and Nets go to the finals, y'all gotta let me back on the show, man. <laughs> yeah, we gonna remember this. Put an archive. Yeah, 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 definitely gotta have you back on, man, for for sure. But they make it or not, definitely wanna have you back on in the future, bro. So yeah, again, thanks so much for being a guest. Really appreciate you. Thanks for sharing. We really enjoyed you talking about your experiences in Southern Miss. You know, talking about different aspects of the game. You gave a very, very solid opinion on why Jordan is the GOAT. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, you know, we talked about a lot of different things, man. So I really appreciate you. Yeah. I'm glad y'all could have me on here. We, you know, we all relate. But let's Southern Miss to the top. So, this to the top. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. 
Uh, yeah, remember, you can catch the Switch Masters podcast on all podcast platforms. Check out the YouTube. Like, share, subscribe. This is your host, co-host, Cuban Guru, signing off. I'm your co-host, the executive producer. We'll catch y'all next time.